Welcome back to Geek Life, the indie comics podcast on Pandamanga.com. I'm JP, your host. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, Marcus. I'm starting to think that underwear is really just an unnecessary safety net. Mm. The realization comes from my uh, two-year-old son who just catches everything conveniently. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> Internet. Enjoy that little tidbit. <laughs> And back with us, the OG co-host, the first co-host, the one, the only, The Brian. As my six-year-old niece told me this morning, the world is not complete without bacon. Mm. Now, Bri- Brian is coming back to us uh, after a little stint in El Hospital, where I think they removed a left nipple or something. Or Yeah, I got cholecystitis, and so I had to have my gallbladder removed. Mm. So, 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 Brian, Can you put that on me. eBay, please. The nipple. I wanted to see how much it goes for. <laughs> uh, I still got both my nipples. Oh, uh, I mean, yay! <laughs> you know, when when Brian's in the hospital, he's texting me, and he's like, "So it turns out that this, as I'm like learning more about this or surgery they're going to do, is basically like a really ghetto gastric bypass. So this is like my skinny surgery now. It's <laughs> yeah. like this time next year, I'm going to be beating the girls away with a stick. <laughs> yeah, when the surgeon was telling me these things i'm like that i can't eat as much as i would anymore and i can't have as much greasy food anymore i'm like oh no what am i gonna do get skinny woe is me (laughs) you should have been like um challenge accepted (laughs) (laughs) uh well as i'm sure you can tell joe is not with us today and is rather unfortunately away with a family emergency if he Decides he'd like to tell us what that was about next time. That's cool, but I figure we'll we'll let him make be the, be the judge of that. We but, wish you all the best. Yeah, we wish you all the best, and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully your family gets through all that well, my friend. Okay, so today we are talking about Sado Cat issue one, titled Impact, story and artwork by Corey Pattern. Now we actually went to. The SACCON. Actually, this is the time that everybody bailed on me, and I had to carry everything, and I looked like a fucking pack mule walking around. You guys can give me some comics and we'll talk about on my podcast. Like all by yourself. <laughs> all by myself. It's a big corporation. So good. <laughs> really important. Really now, I'm important telling you, it helps when I have me. like three people with me, or two people with me. You know, At one least. person like filming, one person. It's just so much nicer. So there I was. I had my messenger bag full of comics. I had my recording bag that's like a little DSLR bag that I totally ramsackled and is that even a word, ramsackle? It is now. It is. I ramsackled my DSLR bag to basically fit a couple mics and, you know, our little portable recording device. Then just, like, walked around just, like, wet and, like, sweaty and disgusting because it was just, I was just weighed the hell down. It was, it was quite an experience. And I'm, I'm blaming that all on, I think it was the admin who was supposed to go with me, so... Anyway, so one of the ones that really stood out to me was this comic, Sado Cat. So I came up and started talking to Corey, and he was there with his friend, and they both run Plotless Comics. You can go to plotless.com, spelled P-L-O-T-L-E-S-S, and check out their work. You can actually read this comic along with a couple other ones for free online. I found that out. That's cool. Yes. It's a really, really fun comic. And before we get started talking about the story and art like we always do, I actually have an interview from SACCON when I met and sat down and talked with Corey for a little while. So let me go ahead and play that now. Hey, everybody. This is JP from Pandamanga.com. I'm here at SACCON talking to Corey Patton. Corey, tell me about this comp you got going on here, Sadocat. Great, or is yeah. it Sadocat? It's Sadocat, yeah. Sadocat. I kind of uh, yeah. thought so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, like all cats, uh, Sadocat's kind of got a sadistic streak to him. And, sure. And uh, Everybody's had a cat turn on them at one point, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and so Sadocat, he, he ends up getting a bunch of superpowers and a freak accident in the park one day. And, nice. and he finds that he can shoot flame from his paws. He can extend his claws. He has laser beam eyes and he can fly. And these skills he puts to use uh, right away on the park square. Squirrels, which inadvertently solves a problem the city was having with an over, overpopulation of squirrels. But so it sounds like they had it coming. <laughs> that's and that's awesome. kind of his thing. He, you know, from there he moves on and he encounters some people and through that experience decides that he's a superhero. So first he goes on a murder spree. <laughs> exactly. And then he's like, no way, no way. Let me be a superhero instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he thinks he's a hero. He's, he's, it's not going to stop the murder spree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the better. <laughs> but now he just thinks he's great for doing everything he does. That's awesome. What kind of, you know, he's just doing what a cat would do when it, as it comes naturally yeah, but if uh, they had superpowers if they had superpowers watch out right <laughs> right oh my god and so yeah you can see there 
this is some good old fashioned kitty cat violence going on here. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, and, and eventually, you know, at the, toward toward the end of the comic, he, he does pick up a sidekick uh, a sidekick that lasts more than a couple of panels, and Flatline Frog, who is a, a frog who was dissected, shocked back to life, and now has an electric tongue and can fly. That's awesome. <laughs> I love the character design. It's really great. Flatline Frog is cracking me up. It's yeah, he's awesome. one of my favorites for sure. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration from this for this comic? Sure. You know, when uh, when my uh, my buddy Matt Marchetti and I were in high school, he started drawing his comic book, the uh, slightly insane, spontaneously combusting, frothing mutant ninja black belt samurai rabbit walrus from hell. Wow. And uh, he was about two pages into that when I said, "That's great." You know, and I had a whole bunch of characters that I had already created. Sure. But I just loved what he was doing there. I decided, you know, I'm going to create a comic book and I'm going to create an all new character and throw this in and eventually sucked in all my other characters but basically the inspiration was let's just have some characters that have some abilities and they're just going nuts and doing whatever they feel like and have some fun with it awesome. and uh, and it just kind of grew from there and you know Matt and I would have brainstorming sessions and just toss ideas off each other and, and uh, crack each other up so it's pretty much this the product of incredibly uh, funny yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely the product of some uh, sugar fueled high school minds and sure <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's awesome that's awesome now is this is this a um, how many issues are in are you right now so this is Seder cat number one I have some other issues uh, standalone issue uh, Seder cat follow the so rat, side white stories, rabbit right? yeah and okay. just uh, and then this one is actually I, I've kind of got a chronology that developed over over a period of time and I've gone back and started over with the artwork and cleaning it up and doing it uh, doing it, it looks while, really so. really clean for someone from high school I'm thinking to myself no right way. exactly and so this right. is my redone my redrawn nice. version of it you know I've got three issues out each of them standalone per say it's plotless comics we like to say so you can kind of sure. start anywhere right exactly. but uh there is plans to to move this through and we have stories lined up for at least 20 issues very exciting <laughs> yeah um i want to talk a little bit about the art style first thing that popped out to me is that it's really clean thank you <laughs> yeah i mean really clean which is which is really excellent and then also i think that it's it's neat the way that you did the color because so much of it is is uh not gradient color it's not the tune shading with like three different sharp lines it's not a bunch of gradient but then i noticed that there are some very tasteful choices to use some gradation here especially with the superpowers <laughs> sure and i just think that's really slick what um, can you tell me a little bit about your artistic inspiration you know i grew up uh loving garfield <laughs> nice and so i've got influence from garfield when i was uh, in elementary school and I've Absolutely. got influence from, uh, I kind of uh, latched onto comic strips when I was younger, and I think right. that kind of explains sort of my style. Like Sunday funny kind of comics instead of exactly. like full issue comics. I mean, I was in high school by the time I got into comic books. Growing up, I wanted to be a comic strip artist, and then uh, I get introduced to comic books in high school, and it just sort of merged the two in my head. It was all over. And, uh, and now we've got, you know, kind of comic strip looking characters in sure. the comic book format uh, doing uh, uncharacteristically <laughs> violent things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this just looks like so much fun. Um, well, man, thank you so much for talking to us. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, our website is plotless.com and uh, it's... Uh, How did you get that? I know, right? Nice. We, were, we were there early. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Awesome. So, so plotless.com. Yeah. Okay, very cool. And we've got some of our comics online and we're we're getting ready to to launch a web comic. We, oh, we've been uh, doing print comics and things, but we, we have this desire. We have so many ideas and things sure. that we'd like to do. We want to get it out soon and easier and so we're going to just start kicking stuff out on the web here in the next couple of months. With the same characters or totally something different? Same characters nice. but just uh, you know just in smaller tidbits I think oh, is the way to put it. Rather than waiting for 24 pages to get accomplished we thought we could kick out. There's a lot of funny things that we want them to do that probably only take a page or two to right, describe. Right exactly. <laughs> nice. Well as soon as you get that going you'll have to kick us an email so we can spotlight that because that'll be awesome. We love web comics. Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Well thank you so much for talking with us today. We look forward very much to reading it and reviewing it on the podcast. Great thing. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks again, Corey, for taking time out of the extremely busy table you had to hang out with us and share your thoughts and uh, your comic. Again, really, really enjoyed the hell out of it. I can tell immediately that I was going to like it. It's definitely right up my alley. And I was right. Those of you that listen on a regular basis know that I don't really say this very much. This is easily one of my most favorite independent comics I've ever read. It's right there with Mallow Man, to be completely honest. Like, I like it a lot. Woot. It has a similar sort of feel almost to Malaman. A really, really sharp comedic timing, some sort of jabbing satire at superhero comics in general and kind of the expectation and culture built up in that sort of world. And it just works really well. I liked in an interview that he said that it came from the minds of uh, sugar-filled high school kids. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. Sugar-filled high school kids. 
That's exactly what it is. I can remember going in high school, walking down to the local 7-Eleven, which always seemed to be, I swear, they put 7-Elevens like within a 5-10 minute walk from pretty much every household ever, is what it feels like. And uh, so we we paced over there, a good friend of mine and I, and we would go get like just a bag of freaking candy, because they have that bulk candy, right? So yeah, just yeah, for A bag sure. of freaking candy, and then like a two liter of soda, and then be like, we're going to stay up all night watching cartoons and eating candy, oh my god, you know, then, then we'd basically be like memories. bouncing around the house, you know, sparkles shooting out of our ass. Yeah, I mean, I did the same exact thing. And then years and years later, my doctor's like, surprise, you have diabetes. <laughs> like, yeah, that... I should have saw that coming. <sighs> yes. Alas. <laughs> All right. So getting into the comics. So uh, actually, if you guys would like to read along, like I said before, you can find it online. And this issue is actually available to read along with a couple other things as well as opportunity to purchase, I believe. So you can go to plotless.com and read the issue with us to follow along at home. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash plotless comics and like their comic and then also follow Sadocat on Twitter at Sadocat, S-A-D-O-Cat. It's a pretty fortunate uh, website grab for them, too. Dude, right? That's impressive. We were actually just talking uh, during the break there with Marcus about looking for a domain name for his comic, and it's like stuff is gone. Domain names are a scarcity. It's really hard to find something. I mean, Somebody, I, Somebody's squatting on Malaman.com and asking for $2,000. Bastards. $2,000 for a domain name. It's like, yeah. See, some people yeah, really have made a serious you know, I used to have crazy. some cool ones that I've let go. You of. had some of the best ones. It is a absolute tragedy. What it would have cost you by now? Maybe like 150 bucks to have kept them all this time? Yeah. I you mean, had badasspeople.com. Yep. A slice of humblepie.com. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Brian. Uh, regretting that a little? Just a little bit? Just a little bit. All right. Sadocat, pronounced Sadocat is a sadistic cat. He may not be much more sadistic than a, a typical cat, as he, like other cats, enjoys playing with his prey. Unlike other cats, he is enhanced with eye beams, hyper-extending claws, the ability to fly, and shoot flames from his paws, and to laugh about it. That's right, he does get the ability to talk, which I want to talk about later. You really don't want to piss him off, but he is a cat after all, so good luck with that. <laughs> Also in this issue, we have Flatline Frog, a frog that was dissected, then electrically shocked back to life. That was my Marcus impression. Oh, good. That's how, that's how you do the ending. Airpluscomics.com. Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. He now sports a nifty dissection scar on his belly, can fly, and neutralizes evildoers with his electric tongue. Occasionally, a sidekick of Sadocat. I think it's really interesting the power that they gave to flatline frog just because anyone can say oh this person has electricity ability and then they shoot electricity but by attaching it to the tongue of the frog <laughs> that makes it such like a character specific thing that i i absolutely love well not only that but it also allows for a lot of hilarity yeah you know, like that's he, true he hit me with his tongue and it was quite shocking yeah <laughs> nice but i'm just uh. there's also officer john Officer John is a trusted member of the city police force in spite of his shoot-first-ask-questions-later approach to crime-fighting. In pursuit of justice, there is no guideline he is not afraid to bend and no caliber of projectile that he is not willing to fire repeatedly in the general direction of anyone he finds disturbing the peace. What a long-ass sentence, but a great one. Yes. Officer John also happens to be a dog. He is yes. a police dog in a police outfit, which I think they should start doing just saying. Anyway, dogs so shouldn't be dressed up. <laughs> I think End if it's a police story. dog, it should be dressed up and have like a little police shield on. That would be freaking awesome. Give it a Kevlar vest and a police shield. That's what they should have. <laughs> I like any dog law enforcement, really, because it reminds me of uh, Sam and Max. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it reminds me of, uh, we used to be the the dog that wore the trench coat on the old commercials. What was that for? Gruff, McGruff the crime dog. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. That's a blast from the past. Some of our audience is like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> you know what? On radio, they still have commercials with No that. shit, really? Yeah. Oh, all right, nice. Okay. Well, as we always do, we start first with the story. So, Brian, what did you think of Sadocat's story? I loved it. I love the fact that, get ready for the bleep, Sadocat just doesn't give a fuck. Completely he, true. When I was reading it, I was reminded of episode 49 of Geek Life, where Justin Woods from AskAMetalHead.com was like, I should start a comic called My Cat is a Dick. Yeah, we're actually working on that. He has like, you know, maybe 15 or 20 different uh, scenarios worked out. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm, I'm teaching him how to do comic scripting. 
So nice. Really exciting. So I yeah. Impressed in the interview when they said that they had twenty something more plot lines lined up. Yeah. Apparently yeah. he's way ready. We just need to like format it out and 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 do it. But it won't be complicated. It'll be yeah. really fun. And I love the fact that the author really kind of gets cats where they're. I don't think he's the very author big must have into, e- easily had a cat or currently owns. A yeah, cat. and the not too big on cats it seems. Which more well, I mean, power after to you him. after you own a cat, it's sort of like cats. Are I assholes. love my cat because it's my cat. My cat's an asshole. <laughs> like <laughs> all cat, cats are assholes. They really are. It's like you. It's like you love the cat because it's yours. Yeah, there are. It's a like I love cat- my shitty old car, but it's a shitty old car, right? Yeah, it's a shitty old car, but you love it, yeah, because it's mine. Yeah, there were a couple cats that your family had that I was like, I don't like you. Yeah, that's um, the worst man. Yeah, I got a cat named Chester at home that constantly jumps on the counter, and I say, Chester, get off the counter. And then if there's a cup at the end of the counter, he'll look at me and then push the cup off the counter and then get down as I say, like, yeah, I'll get off the counter. But they um, have entire you videos on YouTube of cats just like looking at the camera and then going your couch and then just knock shit off there yeah that's chester (laughs) or all cats okay which is why sadocat makes so much sense sadocat does make so much sense totally i mean it's a very much so uh what's the opposite of an anti-hero an anti-anti-villain it's an anti-villain um because he's the he's the antagonist or he's the protagonist of the story but he's Kind, kind of, of a villain. Bad. Oh yeah. Well, and so yeah. like I know I know you really love like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which yeah. is the same deal. Exactly. So it makes yeah. sense to me that like you're drooling over Sado Cat. Well, Sado Cat just is incredibly funny. Yes. It is chock full of pretty much laugh out loud moments, and it, you know it's it's so comically dense is the best way to describe it. And you know by dense I mean it's packed in there. It's just busy with comedy. There's all these little lines and dialogue and observations chatting back and forth between characters is an entire page that is because the first like let's just start from the beginning yes right so the scene is we are in the forest okay no and park in the park sorry in the park the first part is the park right so we're in the park and it is just overrun like to a ridiculous degree with squirrels and there's two news reporters yeah a photographer and a reporter right and so they're there and they're both kind of complaining about like ah this is a stupid story we'd rather do something better you know and one of them the reporter is clearly sort of in charge he's sort of bossing around the photographer that's how it goes yeah and so along comes a cat and they're kind of like oh maybe that cat will clean stuff up like let's get a picture of him like eating some of the squirrels or something and the photographer's like, oh, hey, it's a cat. Oh, it's a kitty. I'm going to come pet it. And she pets the cat, no problem. And and then the reporter, who's who's kind of a dick and thinks that cats are terrible, and is like, the cat, cats are sadistic. And he's like, no, no, cats are nice. See? And he's like, no, no, no. He's just hiding it. So yeah. sure enough, he goes down to pet the cat, and the cat scratches him in the face. And he's like, see? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, the guy is like deadpan the whole time. Right? Yes. Like, really, his eyes are like just half open. You know, the reporter's just so totally deadpan the entire time, which is hilarious because there's some crazy shit happening all, all around him. And then out of nowhere, or should I say, from, from outer, outer space, space, the radioactive can of crazy, the the whole scene with the crashing radioactive space canister, what, even, what the hell is that thing? Anyway, it was great. It, it, it looked like a satellite that was crashing. That but it's like radioactive, radioactive and yeah. biohazard. Yeah, it's got danger, radioactive. Did you, did you, did you squeeze in and really read? What was on the canister? I know that there was like radioactive and danger. Radioactive and danger. Do not drop or yeah. electrify. <laughs> Keep away from cats. <laughs> <laughs> like that sort of almost second read material is really brilliant. And it's just packed in there. I was looking and I'm like, oh, Cat got the Stan Lee treatment. Well, it's so funny because basically it drops from the sky and lands on the ground. And it's like, do not drop. Right. And then it slides along the ground. And then I mean, it lands right on the cat. Okay. And then out of nowhere from the sky, lightning strikes it and it explodes. It's like, do not electrify. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it's like, oh, and also, you know, keep away from cats. It's like exactly, it's just so freaking funny. And it's the sort of thing that the big words are danger, biohazard, and then it has some sort of smaller words beneath it. And the first time I read through it, it's just like, no, danger, biohazard, and it just kept reading. But then as I was really pouring over the art, it was like, ha, 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 I love that kind of stuff. See, I have no attention to detail whatsoever, which is sad to say because I'm a comic book artist, but. Um, <laughs> you have attention to detail with your work. Yeah, sure. Let's say that. But when I first read through it, I, I was like, okay, it crashes into him. Oh, lightning got it. I get it. But now that you told me about what it says in the canister, it is so much funnier. I know, right? I just, <laughs> I'm coughing right now because I'm choking on my spit. I'm the result of laughing at this comic mid-podcast. And uh, so, yeah, get in there and read it. It's going to be a funnier comic. 
It is. It's really, really damn funny. And so basically it gets shot by lightning, explodes, craziness happens, and then there's a crater. And immediately after this, there's still the two reporters just standing there watching it. And the the one reporter, deadpan guy, is there and he's like, like, well, that's that's enough of that cat. That cat's dead. And then the photographer goes over there and he's like, says, go get a photo of those charred remains. <laughs> just the reporters are so funny. Like the boss guy, the actual reporter, the writer, is just deadpan the whole time. You, well, you get scratched in the face. A radioactive container comes rocketing down from outer space and turns a cat into a flying laser beam shooting monster that kills everything around them and even before sato cat emerges from there he's just like ah whatever the thing came from it's like what well i should say this because i know from from a cousin who worked as a reporter there's a lot of things where reporters there's a term the tech and the talent talent is the reporter tech is everyone else Mm. and with a lot of reporters they treat the tech like second class citizens which is definitely what's happening exactly that i just think it's interesting the reporter is so jaded with everything that he's literally seeing space rubble that is radioactive smash from outer space and then turn an animal into a superpowered monster and he's the whole time his eyes don't even all the way open up and he's like oh whatever that's pretty much my wednesdays (laughs) Yeah, I just thought that was really, really funny. It's just that whole first scene. And then can we please read some excerpts from the news page, which is basically right after he, you know, Sato Cat jumps up and then basically figures out all his powers by way of murdering every single freaking squirrel in the entire park. Well, you know, I, before I, we go on to the news page, just after the Sato Cat gets his powers, it leads into one of the best splash pages I've ever seen with some of the most simplistic art. And we're going to talk about the art later. Oh, yeah. But... but I agree. For being as simple as the art is, that is a fantastic splash page. Like that is very a, true. That is a poster. And by splash page, you mean the entire vertical page of the comic. Is one, one, pa- one piece. One panel. Yeah. It's just one giant panel. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, the art. I have a lot of things I want to say about the art, but my biggest thing I want to say about the art is that it's really good. I like it a lot. So why don't we go ahead and read some excerpts from this daily bagel. <laughs> Superpowered cat solves squirrel problem. Mayor praises heroic Sado Cat for his vicious dedication to the city. I'll just read some excerpts. It's, I don't want to read the whole thing. You guys really need to go get this comic and read it. It's so freaking funny. But I was impressed that he actually typed an entire newspaper. I know. Page. Yeah. I would just put lines and be like, "Yeah, that's text." Yeah. I, l- I yeah. love the classified and he packs and the in hilarious section. Let's pretend yeah, so like I didn't world... work here. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, on the bottom he has. You know, world, business, sports, classified. Like, the way he describes it is great. The world, which is Section A, world news, is things that happen far away. Find out why foreigners are looking at you that way. (laughs) (laughs) Business, Section B. Stuff that really only matters to people with offices lined with rich mahogany. Sports, Section C. Obscenely vast amounts of money and effort to move a small, roundish object around for an hour or two. Classifieds, the place to sell things to people with no internet, the real weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's great because even beyond just the, the comedic hilarity of the bottom of the page and those just little pieces, it talks a little bit about what was going on with Sato Cat, so it is relevant. But then they even talk about, you know, whether or not the dissection of frogs is educational, <laughs> which is an allusion to something yeah. that's coming a little it's later on. It's just so great. This Again, I'm telling you, it is comedically dense. There's so much there. I get a feeling, I mean, it's called the Daily Bagel, so I feel like it's got, this could be an ongoing thing with the reporter where it's like a J. Jonah Jameson versus Spider-Man kind of thing that you could see coming along in each episode, which could be a lot of fun. So before we transition to the next scene in Sadocat, we've been going for a little while. Why don't we go ahead and give you guys a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll continue with the story of Sadocat. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us.
Welcome back to Geek Life. We were talking about the story of Sado Cat. Go ahead, Marcus. You said had something you wanted to say before the break. Well, I was noticing that uh, the reporter and the photographer aren't actually in the rest of the comic. Right? No, they they're escape just, with their lives magically. Just the beginning scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. just so they can lead into that excellent newspaper page, and then they introduce more characters that Sado well, Cat can piss off. Oh my God, the hippie, the hippies are great because the hippies are instantly obnoxious, right? They just yes. The, the with the like the, the the main guy right the main guy he has a little soul patch and he's wearing Birkenstocks and and then like the fugly short chick with a long skirt and boots and the guy behind them who's just obviously this tall skinny stone guy with like a branch sticking out of his hair yes. and I don't know whether it's growing or it's just there because he took a nap because he's a stoner I don't even know but I've decided he's a stoner my <laughs> wife is very what I like to call uh, crunchy she's very natural and earthy and mm. so I, I relate to a lot of this stuff and it cracks me up to read lines like Earth Mother loves you have some pomegranate juice and join me in a Mesopotamian moon dance. It's just like, oh, wow. Hits, and then the next line home. he says is, this is this, is, this the, is the awful chick talking to Sadocat. And the next line is one of my Trying to save herself. Right, trying to save herself because he's blowing and murdering everybody. Not blowing. <laughs> he's just blowing up and murdering everybody. And the next line he says is great. I'll tell you what. If you can say one sensible thing in the next 30 seconds, I won't cut off your arms. And then the next panel is her on the ground dead with, her with arms no off. arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you get? I love how the forest management has a task force with combat suits and flamethrowers <laughs> and like riot headgear. <laughs> like, what are they expecting to happen out there? <laughs> Never know with those tree huggers. Well, it's it's actually it's great though writing wise because the fact that those guys are there it is the way that Sato Cat gets his outfit. Yes, because otherwise you're like, how is a cat going to get a superhero outfit? But he basically takes one of them one of the combat outfits from the Forest Management Task Force. He actually gives him his. He outfit. does. He, yeah, the Forest Management Task Force guy, out of in, fear, out of fear, is trying to basically convince him that he's a superhero and that he has superheroing to do elsewhere. Yeah, like he's like, well, what do you feel about the person that I just killed? He's like, oh, he was either a double agent or a vegetarian. It was fine that you <laughs> killed him. My my partner. <laughs> I know. Casado Cat comes in, and just murders everybody that he thinks is annoying, and then that last guy that's alive is like, thank you for saving me, and he's like, saving you. He's like, yeah, they were uh, bad. And and what about your friend over there? He was a double agent. <laughs> or a vegetarian. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. So damn funny. I, I mean, you got to appreciate a good uh, costume origin story because a lot of mm -hmm. times it's just taken for granted. Peter Parker can sew, apparently. Right? You yeah. Know, it like, makes it like actually makes sense. It's really slick. Although, who knows how that D with the reverse D, you know, the die yeah. with the reverse D. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the uniforms down. used to say FMTF and then it says die afterwards with the reverse D. <laughs> but I love that the forest management guy becomes a sidekick for a few panels. Oh, I won't spoil yeah, anything spoil. else. He but it doesn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we got, we have to touch on Sado Cat can talk now. That's one of the yes. powers, evidently. Which, I mean, of course he's going to need to talk. It's a comic book about him. But I love how the cat doesn't talk until he gets hit by lightning or whatever. You yes. Know? Not that that stops the, you know, the police dog from talking, but whatever. Yeah, that was something that kind of confused me. Officer John. I love the character of Officer John. Oh my god, John. Officer John is is great. Just but, completely great. But it's like you have two characters that are anthropomorphic animals that can talk because of freak accidents. But Officer John is an anthropomorphic he's been dog. He's, he's been trained by the police force, man. He's still That's... an anthropomorphic dog that can hold a gun and so shoot So what, what you're saying is police dogs can't talk? Yes, they can't talk. Oh, wow. oh, that was basic training. That's no. Step one. Mind. Smell drugs. Step two. Teach them to talk. Mind blown. No, I used to live near a guy who had a police dog. They don't talk. So like I said earlier, what's better than law enforcement dogs? <laughs> um, there's, you know, it's it's in line with of such good ones like Sam and Max and Scruff McGruff. Um, and this one fits right in. Uh, Officer John. As, uh, as some of the best lines in the entire book saying, just saying. Yeah, basically. Uh, Please read some. There's, and I mean, actually, the bulk of the dialogue. Like, if you look at the page where it, he's introduced, it's thick with dialogue. It's thick with dialogue. But, but don't be afraid when you see that page. Read it all. It is all funny. This is one of the most just thick with hilarity two pages in the entire freaking book. He's one of my favorite cops of all time already. <laughs> Immediately. I'm telling you, if you're not a cop, you're missing out on some productive gun violence. <laughs> like, shit like that. <laughs> that just it makes him this sort of. Um, it's like a gun crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a cop, but he's really stoked about his guns. Okay, and really okay. stoked about the violence. Here, here's one of my favorite lines. 
Sometimes I hear officers complaining that some criminal they arrested is back out on the street. I think it's because they just point their guns and yell, freeze! My gun never freezes anything, so mostly I just fire it. Blam, blam! Case closed. <laughs> it's like, yes! <laughs> Good dog. Oh my god. And his, his character design is totally great. He has this sort of like squarish head with these, you know, angular, you know, ears and stuff. A little tuft of hair at the top. But like a nice sort of wide, you know, rounded out mouth so that it allows for him to have like, you know, very characterized fun. It's just a great freaking character design. Really great. Any other things you want to say about the story before we move into the art? One thing that I did want to say is that it's got a really solid pacing. Mm-hmm. Really solid. Mm-hmm. It flows and real it, it well. It covers a lot of material in a relatively a short of amount material. of pages, yeah. but it never feels rushed. It doesn't feel like it's been condensed. It's very well written. It is. It's one of those things you don't expect to see in a comic is to have really kind of everything you want, which would be clean, understandable, interesting art, well done, and then also really good writing that's spot on and funny. That doesn't feel like it's just there's just so many places where comics can fall apart. And this one just skims right over them and does a really great job. I'm just so impressed by Corey's skill artistically as a writer, all that. It's, you know, very much complete package happening here. It's impressive to see that. And you don't normally see that. There's always something that lags behind. And reading through this is not a lot that I come across where I'm like, I wish it would have been a little different or I could have been, you know, it's like I'm, I'm having a hard time. If someone was like complain about something in this comic with a gun to my head, I'd have a hard time. You know, normally that's not a problem. Find something, even if it's something I really like a lot. I don't know. I just, I enjoy the hell out of this book so much. It's why it's probably top, you know, easily top 10 of my favorite indie comics I've ever read, which is a shit ton. Oh, I can always find something to complain about. I'm a cantankerous, (laughs) whiny person. All right. Well, if you have anything to complain about the story, now's the time or forever hold your peace, Bri. I'll forever hold my peace. All right. Why don't we go ahead and start talking about the art of Sado Cat? So the art. Marcus, why don't you start us out with the art? What is it that stands out with you? In the interview, he hit it right on the nose when he said that it's um, comic strip artwork in a comic book format. That is a Um, great way to describe it. Yes. It's so wonderfully indie comic to me. Um, And I I mean, one of the things that uh, I could definitely pick out as being comic strippy is that uh, whenever there's not a, a background scene, he just plays a solid color. And that's very like very Garfield, strip, you know, totally, that's totally every strip um, and they alternate the colors between the different panels. You know, the, the similarities between this comic and Garfield, which in the interview he mentions is an influence artistically and obviously elsewise are pretty slim when it comes to the actual drawings. The actual character design doesn't really have a whole lot in common with anything that Jim Davis did. But you're right. It has a Garfield like feel. It's like his writing style, his layout is informed by that. But it's not in any way sort of an homage to the art style, which is really refreshing because there's so much more going on when a comic's being created than just the actual art style of like how big the eyes are in relationship to this and how far apart they are and how this and then and how, how he renders hair and fur and blah, blah, blah. It's there's a lot more to a comic, so much more to a comic. And Corey very clearly connected with and is influenced by some of the more subtle things that make Garfield great. Other than just the way the characters look, which is really neat, I think. Exactly. I've been doing self-portraits this month in a, a style of a different artist every day. And he's not emulating Jim Davis art, art-wise, but like things like the different colors in the back of the panel. And the fact that whenever they're doing those panels, they're from like the waist up. Mm. That's that's Davis. That has Davis totally, written all totally, over it. Totally. Um, and I mean, unless you're a Garfield fan, you know, you might not catch that. But it works so well in his comic, too. I also want to say that I can appreciate the sort of simplistic style with the flat colors on it. From the artist's point of view, when I'm trying to get work done, that helps me get stuff out really quick. If you've got a solid design, do not. there's no need to overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make production last forever. There, there is no needless overdrawing. Everything is very economical. And that's not to say that it's lazy in any way or that it's oversimplified. It never feels like there's big, open, gaping blank spaces that make me go, oh, I wish there was something there. I never get that feeling. It all feels like it is the way it should be, but it is definitely... A streamlined, clean art style. I want to say simplistic, and simplistic isn't really fair because no. it's a charged term. It is, I would say, by definition, more simplistic in that there is not a huge amount of over-rendering, right? There's not all these hatch marks and all these, you know, even the the action lines, which he uses liberally, are not just dominating the page. It's a very clean comic. The way that Scott McCloud, from his book Understanding Comics, would describe it, it's more heading in kind of an iconic direction. Yeah. Right? Iconic cartoon-like direction. 
Um, and I, I feel like, I mean, for me, what I what I would object to is if every panel was nothing in the background. No. But he alternates between having the flat color backgrounds to having actual background artwork, just enough that it, it fits. And the mind fills in the blanks on those mm-hmm. panels that don't have the background. He also, on occasion, uses gradients in the background. But it is not... It's very subtle. Yeah, and I was going to say that normally gradients are, for me, kind of the kiss of death when it comes to drawing on computer. It's like if you're going to make something gradated, you need to like do it with actual pen strokes, yeah. you know, instead of doing like a fill of some kind. And it gets away with it really well here. I would say more than gets away with it, it actually thrives on that. Yeah. Uh, which is neat to see because way most of the time it just doesn't work well. And so it, it worked out really well, I think. Yeah, certain angles that he puts them in really fits in line with how right. and it the keeps the, the sort of is. blank backgrounds of you know just a full wash of color it keeps them interesting and also allows you to highlight sort of important moments like we're looking at a panel right now where john the police dog officer john officer john officer john is holding a big badass laser taser magic gun that is what it's part of the origin story of my flat man, flatline frog. Frog. Flat frog. So, but anyway, so we're looking at a page, and everything that's surrounding him more or less is is just you know flat color in the background. But it seems like he's able to use the difference between flat color in the background and doing some subtle, still very subtle, but gradients. It like it brings emphasis to those images that are meant to it, be powerful. The angle of the gun is at the same angle as the gradient. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think my only objection that i might have to the artwork at all i mean it's such a tiny thing it's it it's not really important R-R-R-R-R. i hate everything no um there's a few panels specifically when he's doing fire or electricity where he lets the color bleed outside the line and i feel like it doesn't quite stick with the style that he has going of the solid black line with the color the flat color filling it in yeah specifically with the explosions yeah yeah that i would have kept in the lines but i mean i i know that he's going for an effect and i understand what he's doing that's really my only my only critique of the artwork i mean i would agree everything is so tight and clean that having any kind of bleed really breaks from convention from the comic not that bleeding beyond lines is a bad style but it needs to be a style not something that just happens and even though it's very clearly on purpose here just as you read through it it's so different than the way that everything else is rendered and colored that it almost looks like it was a mistake i do want to talk real quick about one panel in particular after he gets his uh his uniform where he decided to fill up the entire panel with just the face and the word die that's on his uniform and fill it full of color. That is awesome. such a great stylistic. He um, did it again earlier theme. or did it previously with all black when he first got his powers. Now I've got to go back and see that. Oh, it's awesome. Um, that panel alone could be a cover to a comic or a T-shirt. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. It's done really successfully. It was a great idea. Yeah, and there it's it is. Extra, right before he flies off, it's got a black panel, and it's just the teeth and the eyes, and then a little bubble that says "more." That's a that would be a great T-shirt, a black T-shirt with just that face on oh it. Oh my god! Right. So here's also the cover would be a great black T-shirt as well. We should talk about the cover because it's pretty impressive. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really effective use of silhouettes here. Yeah. On the cover, you've got a silhouette of Sado Cat and his eyes, teeth. His logo on his on his shirt, even though it doesn't look like he's really wearing a shirt, and then his like claws—they're all white, and his eyes are glowing a little bit, and it's sort of against this dark background with a lightning bolt going behind. Very it. Frank a, Miller. Yeah, yeah, it's totally and, great. And but, if I look at it, it looks like we talked earlier about the one like splash page. I think it's the same angle of the character in the splash page. It's just you know done with the silhouette. He's got his uniform on and lightning. Almost the same. Almost the same. Slightly different, but almost the same. I wonder if there's like a psychological connection between the cover that you see when you obviously buy the book, pick it up at, you can pick it up at uh, Empire Comics Vault in Sacramento. Yeah, you can. And then when you flip to the page and you see it and you tend to like it more because you recognize it. Yeah. That's That's interesting. I wonder if that's the case, if he did it on purpose. It's almost like fulfilling something. Yeah. Like you see a vision of something in the beginning and then, you know, it's it's in, in, in the comic cover, it's sort of silhouetted. And so there's a little less detail and you can't see all the information that's there, but when you actually see that fully realized flash splash page where he's crawling out of the crater after he got super powerized, like you're right, that's actually really awesome because it feels like such a powerful page. Yeah, it really does. So here's a question. If you were to make a T-shirt of Sado Cat and have just the black T-shirt with the teeth and the eyes showing, 
Would you prefer it to just be that or to be that plus the words at the bottom that say Sado Cat? I'd probably want it on the back of the t-shirt, like across the shoulders of the Sado Cat. The okay. words. Maybe with like a like a plotless.com or something. So is I mean, would you say it's better to have the your brand named on your shirt or to in, like engage people with conversation and when they ask, what is that? And then you can explain to them. It depends on what you're doing. I think that if you want to be somewhere in an official capacity, you want to have your name and your website and all that just emblazoned and easily available. Mm-hmm. But when you're making interesting and fun to wear merch, typically being a little more ambiguous about that is better because it inquire, it makes people curious. It's like, that's a really cool shirt. What's that from? And then they start a conversation. And obviously, if somebody's wearing a Sadocat shirt, they're a Sadocat fan. They're going to be a fan and they're going to and they're going your product. Talk, right. And then you get that sort of that, that horizontal communication between fans instead of, you know, only the vertical communication of, you know, the creator sharing with the fans. Right. You get that people networking for you, which is great and really kind of important, that word of mouth sort of stuff. I also like in the title, he uses a hard A over or a hard A symbol over the first A. So Mm. you know that it's pronounced Sadocat instead of Sadocat. Right. Yeah. I did want to talk a little bit about the character designs. Let's hear it. Especially the humans. I noticed that they were somewhat inconsistent. Like, for example, Within the first two panels of the reporter, his hairstyle is actually slightly different. It's the same with the hippie that we talked about that you believe was a stoner with a twig. Right. His hair is actually reversed on one of the panels. I can't remember which one. And also the teacher, the face is slightly different as far as its width and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's just one thing. I mean, it's a minor complaint. It's nitpicky. Yeah, that's like, yeah, please but, find something to complain about and then you find that. Yeah. Like, to be completely honest, as I was reading through this and I, I, can, I consider myself someone who can really get away with reading something once or twice and getting a lot of that detailed second read kind of information. And that really didn't bother me at all. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a nitpicky thing. Very, very nitpicky. Also. So what you're saying is you're an asshole. God, yes. Hasn't that been told already? (laughs) Don't people know that? (laughs) And then this is just kind of my little thing. And I don't know how to fix it because I should just say this right now. I don't read enough comics. I'm not an artist or a writer. So I kind of feel bad about critiquing certain things sometimes. But I know that with flat colors, especially he uses a lot of on the backgrounds, light blues, light yellows, and yep. light greens, yep. which is to evoke kind of calm, serene, all is well kind of things. And usually shit's going down on those. It's kind of a cool contrast, but I don't know if it's those should be very used. much a callback to the comic strip style. Yeah. They yeah, tend to use those light, pale, sort of almost pastel like colors as solid background colors because they're so it makes it feel like there's something there, but it's it's so subdued that the characters still pop. Right. Backgrounds are tricky because if you put – if you have uh, characters like Sadocat and the world of Sadocat that is very under-rendered, very simplistic art style, very skillfully made because I would, I would argue that sometimes it's more skillful to – use just a, a little bit of information and yeah. in this case being you know a lot the, the of actual space. lines to be able to communicate so much it's almost like over rendering can be a crutch you see some new artists coming out there and it's just too much damn information they over render everything they draw every freaking hair it's yeah. like oh come on i know so, that you and i have talked about that with manga where it's like it's just too busy yeah it can be too right. busy but so what i was going to say is that you're either going to need to have like like less like dramatically less information in the background behind the characters right or way the hell more information yeah. than the char- the art style of the characters or they'll get lost in it yeah and so it, what he's doing here with just the blank backgrounds and then the colors that allow the characters on top of them to pop because the characters are very kind of primary you know yes so especially flatline frog very primary colors you know so i understand where you're coming from but i think it's it actually helps the characters to pop yeah like i said i really didn't it was just a minor thing where I was like, oh, they're kind of all bright and sunshiny, but shit's going down. I don't really know if there was really any way that he could do it otherwise. It's just something that I just saw that I thought I'd point out. You want nondescript kind of colors when you have yeah, characters exactly. that are so clean and simple like that. You exactly. can't get away with really any kind of dark colors, any kind of – because you don't want to bring any of the attention away from the characters to the background. You can't do right. it. He could in the future, though. I mean, he could if there was something bold and or extremely violent going on in the panel, switch yeah. to like a red, yeah. um, a light red. Also, to, you know, like the, blue, the green, the yellow, yellowish green is also another one that he could possibly use. 
Um, <laughs> we're just like naming colors now. Purple's there. Um, yeah, purple there's green somewhere. Pur- there's purple green. wouldn't work. And, based uh, upon what it I have an idea. How about there's also yellow? So one of the things I wanted to say before we wrap up, I thought that was really interesting, is that save the the teacher, pretty much everybody's eyes are just white dots. You know, with like a little black circle around them to define the space of them. But they're just white. They're empty, kind of. There's no pupil. There's no color. There's no nothing. You know, it happens maybe twice. You know, one with a character who's about to see something and he goes, oh, shit. And it zooms in and his eyes are there and they actually have little beady eyes in the middle of a big gaping space. And then some with the cat, you know. But but by and large, the characters have just just sort of white circle eyes, which is interesting. And then when I first was thumbing through it, I thought that I wasn't going to like it, but I actually like it in the end. It's uh, it's very unique, and it definitely immediately makes me go, oh, that looks like Sadocat. When I see that from now on, it's going to remind me of Sadocat. I was actually studying, um, I was studying Bill Watterson yesterday because I was trying to do a portrait in the style of uh, Calvin and Hobbes. And mm, he does that. Actually, he goes back and forth between having the, the blank white eyes mm-hmm. and then actually having pupils. And for some reason, it's seamless. You can't really yeah. tell. And I, I think didn't... with his, it's a lot more with emotion. Like if Calvin's surprised, mm-hmm. it'll often be, with, be blank. But if he's like serious or something or, or think pensive or whatever, it's often black. That sound effect was perfect for the surprised eyes. Speaking of sound effects, the sound effects in this comic use these big, loud, in-your-face fonts with bright and colors, and it's incredibly satisfying. Segway. Segway. (laughs) Also, one final thought from me before we wrap up. The action scenes seem to have an incredible sense of motion. Like, very successful action scenes. And it's cool because, again, so much of the comic is has that sort of serene colors in the background, and they're very... You know, very clean art. Uh, nothing's over-rendered. Everything is more suggested than explained or described by the art. And, you know, it almost leaves you expecting sort of conversational, situational humor. But then there's this, like, really, really effective action scenes and, like, incredibly crazy violence that just doesn't seem like you would ever see in this kind of an art style. You know, it'd be like Hobbes turns around and like stabs Calvin in the eye. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, it's that sort of a moment where you're like, holy shit, like it's really violent. It's great because that contrast allows you to have that kind of like, whoa, and it just pops. It just pops. This whole comic really is incredibly successful, I think. I wonder if Corey has the same problem that I do at conventions where he gets a lot of uh, crowd attention from little kids and has to explain to their parents, well, <laughs> uh, you can buy it. But but there's then your kid will be afraid of cats forever. It's you know it's a delicate line to sort of to balance on when yes I you're think sort that's of art a good style. thing then. <laughs> you draw the parents over and you're like like daddy I want to read Sado Cat and he's like you don't get to read Sado Cat but I'm gonna read Sado Cat. <laughs> no you know if the parents don't want a cat kid wants a cat. Give them Sado Cat. <laughs> change their minds <laughs> in a hurry. It'll change their minds in a hurry. <laughs> well, in that situation, I generally just give their parents a copy and say, yeah, to thumb through it real quick. Say what you think. And if you think that you want to let your kids read it, then go for it. So that's a smart move. Yeah. I like the, what's the line you have on the cover of your comics? It's pictures, pictures for, for kids, kids, words for words adults. For adults. <laughs> Good stuff. That's iconic. Any other thoughts before we wrap up, you guys? I'm, I'm going to read another issue. I'm going to keep going. I know. I really, really, really want to read more. I can't emphasize this enough. Corey, I freaking like your comic a lot. I read a lot of comics. We all read a lot of comics. I read a lot of indie comics, and this is going on the shelf next to Mallow Man. This is going to be one of my top favorite indie comics. I'm going to be referencing you a lot. And this you know what? This is definitely what I look for when I want indie comics. I want really off the wall, strange, creative ideas that are successful. The last thing I want to say is the very back page of the first comic is just the logo that's on Sato Cat's uniform. And a black background. And a black background. So stark. good. It's so strong yes. that I feel like he's building logos by the truckload here. He's got very that, He's got that imagery. black panel yeah. with the face on it. He has the splash page that could easily be a poster or a cover. He, the merch that can come from this comic is insane. It's highly so much stuff. Yeah. Highly, highly. So again, you can go ahead and read Sadocat at plotless.com, like the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash plotless comics, and then follow Sadocat himself on Twitter at Sadocat. That's S-A-D-O-C-A-T. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at panamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor can visit our contact page at contact.panamanga.com and complete the form located there. 
Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. Links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is John. And the Brian. And Marcus. And we'll see you guys next time. Read some comics! Like a really impressed with the skillfulness with this is with with the skillfulness with which oh my god skillfulness with which this is the skillfulness of the comic here the skillfulness of that line is ramsackled John it is ramsackled all right well why we what a ramsackled thing to say <laughs> but we should take a pause because I got it now nah, all right let's just keep going all right you got a what nothing you got a pee I was gonna say I got a pee but I don't have to pee anymore. Did you pee? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, colostomy oh. bag. It no. smells funny in here now. All right.